0: everyone, welcome to another Tim and Yoshi show. It has been, uh, I think the last one of these was right after the election, the day after the election where we broke down some information pertaining to that. But anyways, what I want to talk to you today was two things. One is gonna be about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. The other one was gonna be on some big changes that the Federal Reserve made that pretty much have gone almost unreported. And I think, you know, the beauty about these shows is that, you know, I've got no notes, not looking at anything. There's really two main things I want to talk about. We'll see where else we get to in this rambling. It's just, you know, there's a lot of things I want to say, but, you know, having, you know, just taking out a camera and and saying them, sometimes it's better for me to just go on a walk and not say anything, which that's what Yoshi and I do about 95% of the times. But today is not one of those times. So you guys are in luck. But anyways, this news has about the Federal Reserve It's almost not even bad news and i haven't really seen it talked about pretty much anywhere you know unless you're going and like seeking this stuff out like i am and maybe like some of you guys are but the fed what happened is in march when everything was melting down they uh decided that they were going to since they weren't allowed to buy corporate bonds they created these special purpose vehicles or spvs to basically create these shell companies and then they borrowed money and the, the treasury basically lent these shell companies some money and the federal reserve was having a, a backstop running this whole thing. Actually, I guess, you know, the treasury was the one that really had the backstop because if there's any losses, it would be the treasury that would bear those losses. And, uh, you know, that was even in several documents, you know, stating that the treasury was in a first lost position. I first, Brought that subject to Janet Yellen. We're up oh, now. Look what we have here, out in the out in the wild. We have a mask. So you know the deadly coronavirus and the former coronavirus capital of the world over here in uh, you know the Maricopa County, Arizona, and outside of Phoenix. But yeah, getting back to the Federal Reserve. So what is going on now is that it was, I believe it was the Senate and it was Senator uh, Toomey, they basically put handcuffs on the Fed and said, "Going underneath the little tunnel, guys, so hopefully you can still hear me. Probably won't be able to see me for like 10 seconds. But what they said was, you know, nine of these 13 programs are not allowed to basically exist in the future, so you can't just go create a clone of one of these facilities without, you know, our permission first. So now it's going to take the Federal Reserve, you know, rescuing the, you know, economy, and I'll put rescuing and, and economy in quotes, because it would be more appropriate to refer to it as bailing out financial assets or the stock market so before they do this again in the future they've got to get you know permission they can't just go and start buying up private assets now i mean it's basically debatable whether or not they're even allowed to buy government bonds you know somewhat debatable if they're even allowed to even technically exist, but they certainly weren't, you know, as part of their charter allowed to go buy up, you know, individual corporate bonds. And so if you can have, you know, an entity like the Fed that just makes up money on a keyboard that they never had to begin with, and then now they use that made up money to then buy a real asset. Then now they own something that they got for nothing, and that we owe in- interest for our hard work, time, effort, and money to them, which then basically makes us nothing more than slaves to these central banks. And I'm not, yeah, actually using hyperbole with that. Yeah, right, Merry Christmas. And so, you know, getting back to the Federal Reserve, what they're doing with these new series of pro or lack of programs is that next time, you know, there's a big market calamity, the feds not gonna be able to react in the same way they did. Now, I didn't think that they should have reacted in the way that they did anyways. So I'm not gonna be crying over that. And, but for everyone that, you know, sailed through 2020 and they, you know, maybe lost a bunch in, in March and then they got it all back, assuming they didn't sell, then, uh, you know, I mean assuming you're just like an S P five hundred fund or you're in, you know, one of the Fang stocks or a, or a MAGA stock, which would be Microsoft, Apple, Google, Amazon, uh um, Know, alphabet throwing that one in there too but then you know, you're getting the fangs you in you know facebook uh netflix into the mix as well and so you know outside of those companies i mean a lot of the companies have not really been hitting you know all-time highs or 52 week highs but certainly those companies if you rode them out you rode out those indexes then you'd be having a good time right now but if you didn't really know the underlying reasons of why that is why we are in this situation then you know you might be a little bit too cocky about uh you know how things are going to play out in the future because this time it is a little bit different because and it's funny because i'm going to talk about bitcoin i'm going to talk about how this time things are a little bit different but we'll uh we'll cross that bridge when we get there but uh i'm trying to switch hands over here but what we are witnessing now with the fed in this go around is that, uh, now they are going to be able to backstop. I believe credit cards, there's a trouble asset relief facility or TELF. that, that, that is still going on. They're still going to be able to backstop the, uh, just blanking out over here, uh, student loans. I think I said the credit cards already and, uh, you know, some other of the more of the consumer retail finance stuff that should actually, you know, more benefited towards the little guys. So it's, you know, I guess, you know, for once they're actually, you know, concerned about the little guy here. So I guess that's, you know, that's cute to them to to actually pretend like they care. But it's probably only because, you know, the little guy being able to pay their bills, then pays the bills to the big guys. So, you know, I don't want to give these guys, you know, too much credit of what's going on. But you know, let's say, you know, the world starts melting down again, uh, you know, after sleepy Joe Biden gets in there or Kamala Harris gets in there, then what are they gonna do? I mean, then they might then wait for it to get bad enough to then let it truly crash, so then that way they're able to then rebuild it back in their own image. Now that is a classic technique from the two professors at Columbia, specifically Obama's, or at the time, I think he was actually being still referred to as Barry Sotero. And that's not some wild, crazy conspiracy theory. That's actually fact. If you guys want to go and fact check me, not that, I, not that you guys are the ones who are, who are fact checking me on this, but the Cloward and Piven, it was a husband and wife team, said that the best way to basically reshape society is to collapse society by overwhelming, overwhelming the uh, welfare system, overwhelming the uh you know basically all the all the entitlements and then when everything collapses you then get to then remake it in your own image and so i mean to me that's pretty much exactly what's going to be going on and so this all then ties into the great reset of i mean they really are going for broke and so yeah i mean there's some sort of you know illness going around and people are getting sick i had it in had it in the first week of January so you know happy new year to me happy new year to my ex-wife as well uh, you know so I mean that definitely sucked and I don't want to minimize it I still have pretty much no sense of smell uh, even to this day but there also has been some benefits I guess to getting the coronavirus as well I mean to me personally I'd always had stuffed up noses my entire life I mean even had uh, really bad allergies my entire life and I'd say the last you know, five, six years that I started eating healthier, you know, maybe even last 10 years, the allergies have gone down big time, like huge. They've subsided massively, but stuff that nose was always there, the runny nose, you know, that stuff was always there. And and ever since the coronavirus, uh, which I presume that I I had, as I was laying in bed shivering for two days on end, didn't take a single thing for it, just, you know, sweated it out and you know, who knows, it it, cleared my body. And now my nose is like almost never stuffed up this entire year. I haven't had like a single really stuffed up nose, which has been incredible. Uh, No runny noses. It's like my entire system has just felt cleared and like almost have never felt better. I mean, minus the, uh, you know, I can still taste stuff, but I can't really, smell nearly as good as i could before and i not that i could smell super great anyways because my nose was always stuffed up but it's uh weird because now i can't i mean i can if i you know put my nose right to something or it's you know something very pungent i can smell that so you know i don't want to say it's you know it's very weird how you know in some respects it's it's almost like i i would take getting that again in order to have the benefit of now not having any more stuff that noses. Now, I'm not saying that that's, that was just me. I'm not saying that that's gonna happen to you. And, cause I was in decent shape when all this, I mean, I was, I was in really good shape when all this stuff happened. Had a weakened immune system at the time because of uh, you know, New Year's Eve and having an open bar wedding till 3 a.m. All you can drink at a family wedding in New York. That, yeah, and then getting on a plane. Put my, my immune system was down, especially coming from this beautiful you know, 70 degree weather that we have over here to, you know, upstate New York was freezing. Uh, certainly, you know, I think that was the major catalyst, not, uh, you know, not, not really anything else. And, you know, and being a young, healthy guy who, you know, as you see here, you know, all Ironman triathlete at the time, I was probably still work doing about 12 hours of cardio a week at that point, which, you know, I guess isn't like a ton, but, you know, it's something. And so yeah, I mean it, it definitely kicked my ass a little bit, but you know It was really bad for two days, and then I felt really sore for about a month or two Afterwards like my muscles felt really fatigued and really weak, and I definitely didn't have you know quite the same stamina That you know I usually have and I mean what well, usually have you know like amazing stamina, so uh, You know the fact that I was getting like winded just walking around was uh you know pretty incredible because when you guys see me doing this video is when it's like 110 out and you know I'm still not like out of breath or I'm still you know able to function but you know getting back to the Federal Reserve I mean this go-around what's gonna happen is uh, now I, I do suspect that at some point the Senate and the, and the Congress will then you know cave and then allow these programs to happen we uh, institute themselves but maybe it means that the market has a 50 60% drop this time instead of, you know, 34 in the S&P 500 or like in 2018, when they, you know, reneged and everything, it was about, uh, almost 20% on the S&P is like 19.99. Maybe it was 20. It was right around there. Um, but I don't expect, you know, the market crash to last long because I do expect them to come in and start buying up everything yet again, because the entire world, is basically built on a Ponzi scheme on a derivative bubble house of cards foundation where, I mean, I touched on this earlier, but the in the first dollar that you put into the system is based on debt. So the money that you have in your pocket, I don't have any money. I've, I got my phone in my pocket, which my phone has crypto on it. So that's even better in my opinion, not financial advice, but but that money uh, you know, that's in your pocket it's based on debt and so you always have to have debt in the system and so as you know assets that are tied to debt start losing value then all these derivatives start blowing up and this whole carousel like it the bubble has gotten so big that they can't even let it go down for like a week or two uh, you know substantially because the whole system would implode on itself and so if people are like oh Tim you know you're just saying this and you know Everything bounced back just fine. Okay. Yeah, it only took them printing, you know, the Federal Reserve doubling the size of its balance sheet going from like 3.6 ish trillion to, you know, like, I don't know where it's at now. It's like, I think it's like 7.4. You guys can leave it below in the comments. But anyways, it's over seven trillion now. So they doubled. I mean, they literally put had more assets get added on to the Federal Reserve's balance sheet during, you know, six months of this year than they did for every other president in America combined. I mean, let's repeat that, more than every president in America combined. You know, is that winning? Is that, you know, we're getting, gonna get so sick and tired of winning because we're gonna be winning so much? I mean, no, it sounds like losing. And, and that's gonna have major ramifications going forward. Uh, and so the thing is, this is gonna have to keep continuing in these multi-trillion dollar deficits. I mean, I was laying out some bad scenarios, especially this was in an Aaron Capoco Q&A session uh, last year. and I. Uh, I even, I even said the Bitcoin during the initial stages of a financial crisis being a risk asset would probably lose 80%. And everyone thought that that was, you know, blasphemous at the time that video I believe is not on YouTube. Uh, Snyson taped it for me, but he actually, he stopped because we went straight from my Anarcha Pogo talk right into that one. Uh, they were back to back cause I was the last speaker and unfortunately we didn't have video from that. I know Jeff has the video. I don't think, I mean, it's, you know, part of the. Reason that you go to these is that you have access to this, this information, or you buy it online. So I mean, I'm not selling it or anything, but you know that was a benefit for the people who were actually there that got to hear those, you know, dead-on prognostications of what was about to go down. And uh, you know, I had talked about how because of, and this one was on the Anarkopoker Talk, how because of the fact that you know about half of the investment-grade bond market was. Because about half of investment grade bond market was uh, One notch away from junk that what would be happening? Next time is uh, next time was, you know March, you know, like a month later I didn't really think it'd be a month later was that the Fed was gonna have to come in to buy all these corporate bonds Because what would be happening is if you were a corporate bond index fund or ETF and now all of a sudden uh, You know the bond in your portfolio isn't rated as as investment-grade anymore, and that would mean that you would then be forced to sell that asset, and then that forced selling would then create a wave of other forced selling, and it would create like a mad max scenario where the entire thing would blow up. Uh, And then I was talking about the Fed would have to come in to buy, you know, trillions of corporate bonds, and that ended up happening, and this time, it's probably gonna be delayed happening, and so, which then more people, as it goes on, Maybe instead of for a month maybe even if it only lasts three months you might see a wave of people just selling and then they're sort of out of the game at that point point. and if you're out of the game and things go back up well then you're definitely screwed and so if you're close to retirement i mean i think there are some different strategies especially with some annuities out there that i like uh you guys can go to the libertyadvisor.com and schedule with me except you probably can't schedule with me for another few weeks because i'm busy taking care of current clients right now and prioritizing them and really you know I've got a backlog of things to do so uh, I'm not really beating down anyone's door right now to work with me uh, you know so most financial advisors if you call them you're gonna be you know harassed probably a hundred times in a row and we have a whole team of people you know harassing you to get you to work with them but not over here so I mean it's sort of the opposite where uh, you know I've got the people who there's enough people at any given time that want to work with me that. Uh, you know there's somebody that's that's right there and so if anything it's actually a con I guess of working with me that there's uh, you know I'm not gonna necessarily beat down your door so if you're not super serious about it uh, and just want to talk you know I'm looking for people that want to do stuff not people that want to talk and so for the people that do want to do stuff I've got to get ready to help them prepare for what's coming and you still do have some time to prepare for what's coming Um, and, you know, part of those preparations, I think, does involve buying Bitcoin. Now, most of the Bitcoin videos I made, you know, I think I first started talking about with Ernie on air when I was around like 800 You know, first started paying attention to it around a dollar. But I certainly, you know, certainly outsmarted myself, you know, without a doubt. You know, so I just read Creature from Jekyll Island when it was you know, around a dollar and, you know, without a doubt, outsmarted myself and was thinking that things just had to be hard money and was thinking it could be, you know, a mark of the beast digital control grid which it can be and they are certainly going to be using the technology for that and so but what you have to understand is that it's going to be digital no matter what it's everything's going to be digital there was just a story I saw today where China released another I forgot what province it was it was like Shuzhou or the last one was Shenzhen where like two months ago they did this program where they you know, everyone got like $30 equivalent in in yen. I think it was like 200 yen in China. If they, uh, signed up for this app and the app was going to be a digital, basically the Chinese, you know, digital yuan. And, uh, you know, for the chance to win 30 bucks, which, you know, during a depression, you know, means something to people. And so they had a lot of people who uh signed up for this millions i think it was like two million that signed up for this and then now they also enticed you know hey if you sign up for this you know you can have a chance to be entered in our lottery and you can also have a chance to you know, it reminds me of like a Hunger Games or something. You know, people are you know, just selling themselves out for basically nothing. You know, you could win free laundry for a year. And I'm not even joking, like that was what I read today. You could win free laundry for a year. And it's still early, it's like 9 a.m. over here. So, you know, every morning I read in bed, and at night I'm reading, and during the day I'm reading, and I'm constantly reading and reading and reading. Um, so, you know, it's just, you know, it's coming definitely coming and the fact that this entire monitor system is built on a Ponzi scheme and that they're just gonna keep having multi trillion dollar deficits you know every single year Uh, maybe we'll have some accounting gimmicks one year where we might not have it because they do something but you know I think you know we're gonna have you know trillion dollar deficits as far as I can see and then as we start printing more money as these Fed facilities that were temporarily shuttered as they come back online you know it's just going to be more and more uh, money printing which i think would then lead to in the long run a higher price on bitcoin but don't just go out there and speculate on bitcoin if you know nothing about it Uh, i haven't made it yet and at one point i had links to other people's videos and i have sort of created my own crypto course but i'm going to create like an actual proper one that's going to be for sale because you know i go to parties and Every five seconds someone's stopping me and asking me about cryptocurrency and you know it's you know certainly something that I'm passionate about is you know helping free the world but you know I see a lot of people that are more interested in in the in basically making money than they are freeing the world and you know and and to have these you know I just can't have these conversations every two seconds for the rest of my life and uh I think what I'd like to do now is create a course and people can go up to the course, learn how to store it, learn the philosophy of it. And a lot of this stuff you can actually find if you just go to my Bitshoot channel or go to the libertyadvisorshow.com. And then there is a link in there for Bitshoot. And then one of the sub uh, playlist in my Bitshoot is another channel called the crypto wealth show where i don't know, probably had like 40 50 episodes dedicated to crypto I mean I would definitely watch the first one on there to get like a lot of the you know I, I, I covered a lot of ground in that first one and so I'd highly recommend you know watching that one or pretty much watching a lot of them just to you know have more understanding you should learn how you want to you know store it you know what a hardware wallet is you know don't leave your money on an exchange don't you know leave all your money you know on a phone that has some sort of two factor authentication tied to your SMS text message because you can be SIM swapped. You know, don't fall for it. And I get these like I'm getting multiple of these threats a week where people will say, Hey, your Ledger device or your Trezor or your Exodus or your whatever has been hacked and you need to click on this link. Well, don't click on the link, it's a scam. You know, they're never gonna, and then they want you to give up your private keys. Uh, and there's other people who it's not really to any fault of their own besides the fault of them, you know, keeping, you know, all their crypto on, on their phone or on the exchange. They get their SIM card swapped. Just had a good friend of mine last week who, one of his friends who was new into crypto and, you know, had, you know, I think a considerable amount of his savings were in crypto. Uh, you know, I don't think it was a really, it wasn't a guy that, you know, had a lot of means, uh, from what it sounded like. Um, and the amount that they lost was a big deal for them. And so if there's an amount that is a big deal for you, don't keep it on your phone. Deep don't keep it on an exchange. And so, and then the other thing is maybe it's not a big deal to you now. Maybe you forget about it, and 10 years from now your you know, your thousand dollars is you know five hundred thousand, and now that is a big deal, but then somebody stole it. So, you know, there's a lot of ways where you can get tripped up on this, you know, on the crypto merry-go-round. And I, and I and a lot of the videos of when I was, you know, coming out and talking about this is, I wanted to focus a lot more on when the price was down. So, you know, I was out there as a financial advisor making videos when, after Bitcoin had crashed in 2018, and talking about, you know, why I thought I was very bullish long-term. And, you know, it's easy for all the Johnny-come-latelys to come in at, you know, 26,000, tell you how you should buy and how how you're gonna be rich but you know it it is a fact that you know quite often Bitcoin does retrace you know two-thirds from its high so aka you lose you know 66% of your money if you sell but if your first inclination is isn't you know wanting to buy more then basically I think you should be really taking a hard look at whether or not you should be in it in the first place so Bitcoin ends up being down 80% and your inclination isn't like, oh crap, I wish I had more money to throw into this right now. If that's your inclination, then okay, then I think that's a good attitude to have. But if your inclination is, oh my god, it's gonna go to zero and this was the worst decision ever, then you know I think you still then you aren't really ready for this. And it's because of those weak hands, because every time there's new people getting into this, and as there's new people, there's you know, what is referred to as weak hands. And then those weak hands sell out to the stronger hands who then, you know, come in and end up swooping it in. And, and I'm not really one that really buys and trades and, and not really making tons of different trades, but, you know, what you should do, and, you know, unfortunately, I wish, in hindsight, I wish I didn't do this, but, you know, when I started getting into it, uh, you know, in 20, early 2017, I basically knew everything about it before I got into it, knew like what a Merkle tree root was, knew all the history, knew some of the players behind it, knew some of them personally, and that's when I made a move, before it was in the media, and then I saw all these people that knew nothing about it, except for the fact that they get rich off of it, and a lot of people started trading all these different altcoins, or better known as shitcoins, and started losing all their money and you know this is something else I guess I want to bring up Uh, you know Ripple has been in the news and it seems like when people first learn about conspiracies what they do is they you know maybe they've learned about QAnon and that that kind of woke them up but you know they didn't realize that QAnon was sort of a psyop that sort of is a psyop i have been calling it as a psyop since day one because I've been deep in this you know conspiracy game for a long time now Uh, you know super well researched And, and it's not even about Time. It's like what have you done in that time and what I've done over that time is you know to catch up to me You know, why don't you just you know research, you know five six hours a day for a decade plus and then come get back at me But by then I'm already, you know done the same thing for another decade. So it's and I've got a great memory, too so it's You know, I'm not trying to say you no know, hate and the thing is the most important thing is just do your own research And so a lot of people with Q it was oh look at this other guy who's doing all the research for us so really, my involvement in all this was never really, you know, hey, look at me, and definitely trust everything I say. Uh, you know, don't trust anything anybody says. Uh, you know, all the time. You know, now someone like you know James Corbett and Dan Dix and Richard Grove are you know three guys that are usually you know trust everything they say. You know, maybe Ernest Hancock. You know, throw him on that list as well. But even that, I mean, I'm gonna, you know, not just blindly trust everything they say. I'm gonna go look into things and research things. Whereas Q is like, you know, I'm the authority and we're the authority and don't ever really question this because, you know, we're the white hats and this is definitely true and legit. And so people that just got into the space were immediately getting psyoped into the wrong thing. And then people that just get into crypto, you know, find out about Ripple and like, oh my God, it's, you know, 30 cents. i'm not sure what it is right now it's something around there and what if it got to be you know where bitcoin's at you know we're gonna since we have able to buy so many more we're gonna be super rich not realizing there's 100 billion ripple of which you know half of which are owned by the ripple corporation not to mention that you have 100 billion ripple versus 21 million bitcoin so you know you're not comparing apples to apples uh, I made one video on Ripple before. And it was only like three minutes long. Uh, then my feed cut out, and it ended with, you know, I hope if you're buying at this level, it was around three dollars and forty cents at the time. I hope you lose, you know, all your effing money, and that's what would happen to you if you would have bought Ripple at that time. So, you know, I had, you know, a person that tried to basically sell her home. And use her proceeds to put it into Ripple when it was at a level that you know, probably a little bit higher than it is now But you know wanted to do around 60 cents and basically had to get rid of her as a client because I'm like listen I can have this on my conscience even if it was Bitcoin I think you know for this person would have been a bad move uh, You know just relative to you know what they had in assets versus the risk and understanding that they had in this asset and so far You know it would have been a great move listening to me not that I'm always right, but um but in this case it was definitely the, the good move you know for her where would have not to be done that but you know you get into crypto or crypto you find out about ripple and you and sort of like the same army of uh, you know people that are susceptible to QAnon, I feel like are the same people that are susceptible to ripple now there's some people that know this and are just in it to make you know a profit or in it to make a, a good trade and that's one thing that's fine uh, you know, if you're kind of dancing with the devil and sort of know, uh, you know, know what the deal is, but, but then there's other people out there that just will hook, line and sinker defend to the death ripple. And I'm, you know, I'll just try to find that video that I made on it. I don't even think it's even on my YouTube. It was a Facebook live and then it was on like an old website that I was running. So I'm gonna have to go dig, dig that one out of there. Um, but yeah, don't friends don't let friends invest into the Ripple. Now the SEC is saying it's a security and um, and it, yeah. and So if, if that ends up being the case and it might be stopped getting traded on certain places, like certain, certainly like regulated exchanges, like, uh, you know, like a Coinbase or something might drop it. And this is speculation. Uh, I know the crypto 10 index fund, they recently dropped Ripple last week, but they were only around for like a week before it happened. So it wasn't like a huge deal for that one. But it's uh, but yeah. And with Bitcoin, I mean, I'm reluctant to say you know jumping in at an all-time high. I mean, probably what your best bet is to do. Let's say if you wanted to put fifty thousand in, maybe you put ten in, and then over the course of the next year, you put in a little bit every month, or if it drops below ten thousand, then you then get in more heavily. But you know, but if you're not careful, uh, you can lose it all. I mean, I know. My friend's friend lost all of his a week ago. I mean, this is a real life case, and I, you know, explained to him, you know, what had happened, you know, how it happened. It had been SIM card swap attacked, which is where somebody calls in, you know, AT&T or Verizon, pretends to be you. They then get their the SIM card swapped over to their phone, and then when they hit a password reset, it goes to to your phone, but your phone is now their phone. And then they reset all of your stuff, and then now get access to your crypto exchanges. And thank you for playing. You just lost all of your Bitcoin and all of your crypto. And this stuff happens time and time again. Um, it's really unfortunate. And it's just, you know, people who get into things when they don't know, you know, not knowing costs money. So not knowing how cryptocurrency markets work, uh, you know, costs you money. And it can, cost you time and I've spent a lot of time and years you know into this and so you know having you know someone's insight like mine you know is something that is valuable from the perspective of you have to know that these things do go down a lot and you have to know how to store them and you have to know how to you know how to you know play the game safely and you have to know how you know your errors can inherit them and you have to know things from a tax perspective and have to know thing. I mean there's a lot of things, you know, you have to know in this, but you know, if you just want to get your feet wet and start with, you know, 50 bucks, you know, okay, if you lose 50 bucks, you're probably going to waste it on something stupid anyways. But, you know, and then if and then if your 50 bucks goes down to 25, okay, we well, only had 50 bucks a stake and, and if that wasn't something that's for you, then it's better to, you know, start small and learn it and then it also, you know, also, early on, you know, look at how to transfer from one wallet to another wallet. They, they can both be your own wallets or, you know, have a relative get out their wallet. And actually right now with Bitcoin, the, uh, the fees are very high to, to send. So might not be the best case to do it right now. Now, for a deeper discussion on fees and transaction fees, I mean, I would reference a video called Bitcoin versus Bitcoin Cash, which was made about three years ago actually almost exactly probably three years ago during the 2018 uh or 2017 late 2017 run right up in december so you can find that on my uh crypto wealth show on bit so just go to liberty look at the BitShoot link click on playlists and you'll find those up there uh, but yeah i mean to send one of these altcoins might cost a penny or 10 cents or 20 cents or a fraction of a penny but to send bitcoin could be know $5 or $12 to send so you want to send somebody 10 bucks you're not going to spend 10 bucks to go send them 10 bucks and so that why you know there is use cases for some of these other smaller currencies that's good it's a whole another rabbit hole that could be its own like hour-long discussion I've already done it so we'll uh, just reference that other video that we have but yeah you should learn how to send it and that's that's also a big eye-opener for people uh, and again, and also, yeah, I really watched the first video I referenced with, uh, and actually I think it was titled something like, what is Bitcoin, uh, how to store it, the Bilderberg connection to it. And you know, yeah, it, yeah, it was the first video that I made on it specifically, I, I had mentioned it in other videos before, but that was the first one before I even had a, I think that was before I even had a YouTube channel before this YouTube channel even, even existed. So yeah, certainly, you know, at an all time high. I mean, I'm not going to make any guarantees and say if you're buying right here, they're definitely only going to, you know, that's only up from here because that's not realistic. I mean, it does go, if you can't, if you buy in at 26 and you can't handle it, seeing it down at 10, then you shouldn't be in it or you should try to wait. But you know, the better thing to do instead of waiting would be a dollar cost to average in because I remember when it was at, uh, I mean, I also remember when it went when it was at like 100 and went down to like 30. But I'm then thinking it was expensive, and then I, I remember it was at a thousand. I was like 1,200, and I was thinking of waiting till it got below a thousand, and then it didn't, and ended up going to like 2,000, and then I ended up buying for the first time like when it was at like 1,800. Uh, it was actually Ethereum that I was actually more uh, interested in because I you know I'd known about Bitcoin for a long time, but just not all the ins and outs, and wish I had somebody like me to sort of explain. Know, the broader use cases and implications there's way more than just the fact that you can trade fake money back and forth there's way more use cases to it and you're probably going to have like stock exchanges in the future are probably going to be built off the blockchain you're probably going to have you know uh, like land real estate a lot of these you know um guys at these major accounting firms are going to be out of jobs at some point as blockchain is sort of like a really advanced accounting system you know you learn in accounting classes which you know i actually started off as an accounting major you have um, you know a ledger and what is bitcoin it's a open source ledger is what it really is so you know there's going to be a lot of uh but the thing is just because some jobs are going away okay do we you know, we don't need, you know, nine bajillion paper pushers around the world. And so it's going to have a big impact uh, on things going forward. And yeah, it can be manipulated and yeah, it can be attacked. And but, you know, there are I've got you know answers to, you know, all this stuff. OK, what if a government comes in and decides it's going to use all of its resources to uh, try to attack the Bitcoin blockchain? OK, yeah. Could that happen? Yeah. So let's say China or the U.S. government spends like a trillion dollars on mining infrastructure and starts getting all these miners together and starts you know, attacking the Bitcoin network. I mean, it's possible where they could roll back the blockchain and say, okay, well, you know, any transactions that happen after X day from these miners, we're just gonna cut these miners out of the system and break, fork the chain. And so now the government would have spent, you know, a ton of money to accomplish nothing. Or what they would then do, it, was, it would then make the price of Bitcoin dramatically go up At which point, you know, anyone that was hodling would be benefiting from that as well. And then if they wanted to, I mean, what's more realistic is that they could buy some with then the intent to dump it. Uh, So then if they then dumped it, then what would happen is holding a climb up a little like off-road hill over here. But then if they did dump it, um, okay, well, now they're creating an artificially lower price temporarily. And then again, if your inclination isn't. You want to buy more of it at a lower price well then you shouldn't be in it to begin with so and that's sort of you know a dramatic oversimplification because you there's a whole lot of things you need to understand in terms of how bitcoins mine into existence which again covered in that one video that i talked about i also did a video with the ceo of the largest publicly traded mining company in the world uh about three years ago as well that you can also find them there so you've got all of these different aspects of cryptocurrency that you need to know about in order to have a full understanding. And I was skeptical for a long time. My, uh, my skepticalness uh you know, cost me being retired right now because, uh, you know, I had overthought it and thought it was gonna be a, a digital control grid where they tracked, risk and surveilled everything. And they are going to take that technology and then they're going to apply it to like the, the dollar we're going to have a digital dollar. which Now they're calling it a CBDC, a central bank digital currency. All the major central banks are talking about this. That is going to be a thing. It's happening. Pretty much not going to be able to stop it. I mean, I'm trying to stop it by getting all this information, but you know, there's only you know, you know, few people like me in the world. Or I don't know if there's anybody exactly like me. But uh, and I don't say that as a good thing because I mean I. Wish there were more, so that way I wouldn't have to be doing this. I mean, honestly, I uh, know it's not fun always being, you know, the bearer of some of this news. I mean, it's fun when you know you own Bitcoin and it's at you know twenty eight thousand three hundred. You know that's fun, but you know I'm not planning on selling it now anyway, so it doesn't matter. And, and I'm fine if it goes back down to ten or thirteen because now I've got some more money to be able to buy more of it. I mean that's so that's my attitude and and if you're 65 you, you know might have a different strategy than if you're 25 and if you have you know guaranteed income coming in or you got cash flow coming in from real estate and you're all set there and you've got money to play with you know that's one thing versus you've got someone who has no extra money you know but that person can even if you have no money you have $25 that you're pissing away in Starbucks or doing something stupid with it uh, and honestly you know I'm fine giving this out as, as this part out as financial advice. You know, if you got a thousand bucks, okay, well, if you lose it all, okay, we well, only had a thousand bucks. I mean, you know, you know you're know, you already screwed uh, and you're probably gonna waste it on something stupid anyways. Now, I'm not saying, I don't think you should use it as your emergency reserves, uh, but say I've got no money, well, you know, everyone's got 25 bucks to learn, uh, you know, how to do something. And so if you put, you know, 25 bucks in on Coinbase, and you lose it okay you lost 25 bucks uh and so you know everyone's at a different level of understanding but what you shouldn't do is you shouldn't just say oh i know nothing about bitcoin except you know sort of some young kids and some people that made a bunch of money and now i want to get into it because you know you don't know enough about it you're gonna freak out you're gonna sell at a bad time to do so and you're gonna get wrecked uh and then you know then you know the people that are complaining when it's you know low uh because you know, so many people you know, I remember like the first time it was at 8,000 like oh man I wish it was you know if it was ever at three or four thousand again I definitely you know I would you know you know am so upset I didn't get in and then it will be at you know then it was at 4,000 again and some of these people I remember telling them like hey remember when you said that you were upset that you didn't get in I'm like well you sort of got another chance to do so right now and what are you doing are you getting in and no they're out there crapping their pants and now I've got some of the same people that are reaching out to me in the 2018 bubble that are now reaching out to me again. But where this feels different this time is this time, you know, in 2017, late 2017, 2018, well, yeah, you have like this altcoin mania. So this is cryptocurrencies besides Bitcoin. they were in this like crazy, stupid mania. And then, uh, which I didn't really participate in at all. There was a couple altcoins that I was in um, and I, you know, philosophically did, you know, value what Bitcoin Cash was doing over Bitcoin, but I thought Bitcoin still from an investment perspective was still going to be better just from a, uh, you know, being the brand name and realizing that, you know, what I know is only what, you know, even a lot of people in the crypto space don't necessarily know all the philosophical early Bitcoin stuff that I know. So knowing that other people don't know what I know, I need to and make my decisions based upon what they know. not. What i know but what i know would eventually impact that as well uh but i guess you know where i'm going at where it's different is you know back in 20 late 2017 Now i don't have cable news now so maybe it's a bad recommendation but i just remember seeing or a comparison but i remember seeing non-stop about bitcoin people were calling me left left and right at bitcoin and now i mean you know yeah i'm getting people calling me about it but not nearly as much as before yeah, I feel like there's not nearly as much as that fear, uncertainty, or doubt, or FUD going on. There's not uh, FOMO or fear of missing out. That's not not really seeing a ton of that relative to last time. But you know, with that said, I mean, I'm fully expecting Bitcoin at some point to be, not keep it adjusting my targets higher. But but I mean, at this point, you know, we'll probably be down at fourteen or fifteen again. Probably, you know, we'll be down at ten again. Um, a month ago, I thought so, but now I, I don't really know if it will be. Uh, you know, but you know, very likely it could be and sort of hope it is. Uh, so that way I could pick up more of it. So I do feel it feels different because now you just have like a fraction of this institutional money getting into it. Cause as an advisor, aside from buying, you know, a couple of the funds that are out there, which really isn't the best way to be holding on to it. You know, it's not that easy. And to put it into an IRA where you're holding the private keys is super time consuming. Hard to scale out, hard to do, and I'm not really promoting that side of the business because I've got some guys now who, who I'm bringing on right now as we speak, uh, who are going through licensing, who are going to be helping me out with that portion of the process. But uh, yeah, that is something we can do for you as well. And it's revamped the web page, so thelibertyadvisor.com. You can find out more information on that. The site has been updated recently, so it looks a little bit snazzier now. Um, but yeah i mean you're sort of gonna have to get on like a little waiting list uh to even uh you know have us do that because we've got so many other things and other people that we're on right now doing this sort of stuff so you know that's one thing um but yeah the institutional money just like a fraction of this money has found its way into bitcoin i mean bitcoin is well, like a half a trillion dollar market cap or something like that. And actually, I think it's I think that's the crypto space. I think Bitcoin was like 350 or who knows, somewhere around there, 400. Anyway, somewhere between 350 and 500 billion dollar market cap. And guess you know it fluctuates so much so much that by the time this comes out, which will be you know very very soon today, in hours. But uh, you know even that will be you know somewhat uh, old news by the time we get it. But yeah, it just past Visa's market cap. And so, you know, a lot of big things going on in the Bitcoin market. And I expect, you know, there's going to be more institutional money getting in here. I expect there's going to be more retail money getting in here, more people from oppressed countries getting in here and just, you know, we've got half the world not even online right now. And as things like Starlink and other satellite systems bring internet to the entire world and people are unbanked, I mean, maybe the first thing they do is they get a crypto wallet instead of getting a bank account because they can't even prove they exist, so they can't get a bank account. So, you know, I see this being, you know, easily catching up to silver someday in terms of market cap, you know, I see it, you know, someday probably getting, you know, maybe even parity with, um, parity with, with gold, which was, I, I'm not sure where gold's at. I think it's like a $9 trillion market cap or something like that. I'm not, uh, I'm sort of just making that number up, but if you guys want to leave it below in the links, let me know. Uh, Anyways, I mean we're looking at you know 400 billion versus 9 trillion. It means it's got a lot of, but I think gold's going up too. So it could be two assets that are each worth like 100 trillion someday. I don't know. I mean, when you start printing money, nilly willy, I mean really the sky's the limit in terms of what can go on. So you know, invest in education, invest in knowledge, invest in uh, you know things that will go up in a. Inflationary times and some real assets that you know can't be confiscated from uh you know inflation because the more money we print, the I think the better the use case gets for Bitcoin. Not to say that every time money's printed, it's automatically going to go up through the roof or anything, but on a long enough time horizon, you know, I've been saying this now since you know early 2017 that on video, on record, putting myself out there, I uh, was willing to basically lose a highly lucrative job over. Uh, not shutting up about Bitcoin That you know, I do think you guys should be looking into it. But anyways, that's it from Tim and Yoshi today Almost done my walk got get in, gonna getting some work done today on a Sunday it was we're doing actually a little bit of work every single day um, because you know, you can't Have a strong 2021 unless you finish 2020 strong and a lot of things that I need to catch up on with a lot of people And so uh, that's what we're gonna be doing today the rest of the week We've got Josh coming in here in a couple of days from World Eternative Media coming to stay with me. So we'll have a lot of videos coming out. Uh, didn't have a lot of videos coming out in December. A lot of it were older videos, but they were important. So with that video with Tina Marie that we just did, highly recommend you guys checking that one out because her best friend was uh, more than likely murdered. And so, you know, and I got the very first interview in the world with her best friend. So make sure you definitely check that out. And then, uh, you know, I can't, I can't just, yeah, just drawing blanks. Jekyll Island Club video. Uh, that's where the Federal Reserve was created, and I you know, showed exactly where the Federal Reserve was, uh, where the plan was hatched. Did a little short travel documentary on that one, and then also did one on the Georgia Guidestones. So, if you guys don't know about that, you definitely want to check that out. And you can do so now at the libertyadvisorshow.com, which has uh, been all updated. There's still, you know, obviously we still got room to go to, to improve things, but it does look a lot better than it did before. And thank you to everyone that's been helping me out on that website. Anyways, hope you guys had a Merry Christmas and talk to you later. Take care.